Today we're going to be talking about the products we might <laughs> put on our leather bags. So get ready to hear my thoughts on skincare. Welcome back to the Pebbled Leather Podcast, where we love smooth and pebbled leathers. My name is Lisa Goddard, and I can't seem to stop talking about leather bags. Be sure to subscribe. I post new episodes every Wednesday. The title of today's episode is To Condition or Not to Condition. <laughs> and I haven't even touched on waterproofing or cleaning yet. So grab your leather bag and let's decide if it's gonna get any product. Happy first Wednesday of 2022, everyone. I can't believe we are in a new year and I just pray that it is a great year of good health and happiness, prosperity, all those good things I pray for you um, and for all of us in this new year. Um, but yeah, here we are, first Wednesday. You know, I know I love to tell you, like, happy Wednesday, but one of you told me that you regularly listen to the podcast on Thursdays because it just, like, works for your schedule. And so every time I say happy Wednesday, it, like, basically throws her off and she thinks it's Wednesday, but it's actually Thursday. So maybe for those of you who don't listen on actual Wednesdays, maybe I should just say, like, happy podcast day or something because I don't want to mess you up in your weeks. Anyway, um, yeah, so I hope you had fun ringing in the new year. Um, we just, of course, you know, stayed home. We have young kids, so we, you know, tuned in five minutes before the ball was going to drop in New York City. Um, and yeah, we did the little countdown. And before that, we wrote out our... Um, you know, smart goals for the year, like resolutions, but smart ones. I don't know if you've heard of them. S-M-A-R-T. S stands for specific. M is measurable. A is attainable. R is reasonable or reachable or something like that. I forget what T is, but it's something about like being able to measure your success or know that you're there or something. I forget. Anyway, but smart goals um, we were starting to do that. We didn't get finished <laughs> just because like there was so much fun going on. We had like, you know, the, the sunglasses and the hats and the, um, noisemakers and stuff. So the kids kind of got a little more involved into that. So that's why I don't even know what the letter T stands for. Cause we didn't get that far on the worksheet. <laughs> I'll have to check. But anyway, um, can I tell you about one of my resolutions for the new year? I'm so excited. Um, so I decided that a fun New Year's resolution for 2022 that I would like to start in our family is that every day we take a group photo, all five of us, and it doesn't matter what we're wearing or where we are or what we're doing, and I'm not looking for perfection, so um, it's a one-shot kind of thing. We're not going to like, you know, pose and repose and try and try again. It's just one time, and I just want to document you know, I want to celebrate our smiles. I want us to smile even when we're just doing ordinary things. I just want us to crowd together for a photo. 
And um, yeah, that's one of my New Year's resolutions and it's been fun. And I kind of told my family that I wanted to do this and they were like, okay. So they know when I'm like, okay, it's photo time if we're all in the room at the same time. Um, we'll just huddle together and take that photo and I'm excited and I don't know what I'm going to do with the 365 photos that I have at the end of the year. Maybe I'll like put them into one of those like, you know, one second a day videos or whatever people make. I don't know. I don't like it being so fast. Maybe I'll slow it down a little bit, but, um, yeah, that's, that's one of my resolutions. So I'd love to hear what yours are, so be sure to DM me because that would be really interesting. We can learn good ideas from others. <laughs> anyway, um, people have asked me to do um, a Frequently Asked Questions episode um, to share more about myself, and some people have even asked for me to tell more of my crazy stories. <laughs> so let me know if that's something you'd like or if you would rather, you know, I stay more in like the educational rather than personal kind of thing. I don't know. Let me know what you think about that. And I can't believe this is episode number seven already in my, you know, 10 week trial kind of goal. Um, I appreciate all of you who have been turning, tuning in, you know, each week. Um, but if you could please take a moment to tell, you know, just one friend about the show, I would really appreciate it. Um, I have a number in mind <laughs> about how many listens I'd like to have um, in each episode um, before committing to continuing. Um, and we're almost at that goal, which is amazing. I can't believe it. Um, there was just a slight dip in the amount of people who listened over um, Christmas week, which makes sense, you know, because we're all busy baking cookies and wrapping gifts, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I just want to... Um, just watch the numbers. And if you can just tell a couple more people, you know, if we all tell just one person, I would just appreciate that so, so very much. Um, I'd love to achieve that goal if I can. But lest you worry that um, I'm not going anywhere, basically. <laughs> I have some very exciting things planned uh, for 2022 with you guys. We've got some cool brands that are going to be featured on the podcast. Um, I've got some interviews lined up and some collaborations coming. So I don't want to go anywhere. I'm planning to keep going, but I really want to get even more listeners. I don't want to sound greedy because I know the group I have is like such a loyal group. I watch and I see I see you guys listening right away actually on Wednesday morning. Some of you I'm wondering if you listen uh, when you like are commuting to work or whatever. And then a couple of you um, Seems like Friday is our next really popular day um, for listens. And um, so I am very thankful and I think I'm going to stick with it. But if you, in fact, I know I'm going to stick with it. What am I, who am I kidding? When am I going to stop liking leather bags or talking about leather bags? But anyway, <laughs> if you could please tell a friend, I would appreciate it. It's time for your three question quiz. Remember, we use the honor system. If you get all three points, buy the bag. <laughs> if you get two points, wait a little bit longer. If you get one point, um, buy used. And if you get zero points, give a bag away. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> okay, question number one. 
Who was the first to make something out of an animal hide? Who used leather for the first time? Mm. Number two, which type of leather hide is more likely to have natural markings? Um, you know, like healed scratches and bug bites. And can you tell me why? Here's multiple choice answers. Is it steer hide, bull hide, cow hide, or heifer hide? <laughs> Number three, which type of leather is more likely to have wrinkles and striations? Would it be calf hides, bison, or horse hides? Okay, get your red pens ready. Let's check our work. Okay, number one, I'm going to make the argument that it is God, God himself, and here's why. <laughs> here's why. Um, you know, remember the whole Garden of Eden, and, you know, you remember what Adam and Eve did, and their sin, and, and, and all of that sadness. Um, you remember one of the first, you know, consequences um, to their, their free will choice. Um, God always honors our free will. Um, but one of the consequences to their free will choice was they now had knowledge of good and evil and they, you know, they didn't trust God at that point, which is really unfortunate. And so what was before, which was this like, you know, beautiful earthly paradise was no longer because their eyes were different. You know, they, they learned something they shouldn't have. Their, their original bliss was gone, if you will. And so they're now in, you know, a place that's completely different, a world that's completely different. Um, and one of the things God did for Adam and Eve right then and there to help them, because God is always providing for us and he is always trying to redeem us. And, you know, he's a loving father, right? Of course. And so what he does, if you read in the Bible, check me on this, go check. But I'm pretty sure it says that he made um, clothing for them out of animals so that they would be protected as they embark into this world that is no longer that peaceful paradise. I mean, they're going to have to work hard for their food. There's going to be, you know, germs. There's going to be coldness. There's going to be uncomfortableness. There's going to be pain. There's going to be death and sadness. And um, But anyway, one of the first things God does for Adam and Eve is he makes them clothing from animal hides. Please get out your Bible, check me on that, but I'm pretty sure God was the first one to make something out of an animal hide. <laughs> okay, um, the answer to number two, which type of leather hide is more likely to have natural markings? The answer is actually cow hide, and that is because female cows live longer than their male counterparts. And a heifer is typically younger because she hasn't had any baby calves yet. So the cow hides, if you're, if you really like, you know, those healed scratches and bug bites and that uniqueness, um, that is cow hide. That's going to have that. Okay. Question number three, which type of leather is more likely to have wrinkles and striations? It's bison. And that's because bison, you know, first of all, they have a hump on their back you know, that the leather has to kind of stretch over and roll over. And then they're also just more rugged animals. So if you're looking for that type of leather, you know, if you want that kind of feel and look, narrow your focus to bison.
it's time for the leather confession. <laughs> now, I know that I am supposed to condition my bags every, you know, six months to a year, but I'm going to confess to you guys, I, I can't bring myself to do it. I just can't. And, you know, I need your help <laughs> in this decision-making process. And in a moment here, I'm going to get into an explanation of why I feel that I do, but I need your help on this. First, though, let's do the leather lingo word of the week. This is a turnover. <laughs> this is the rate at which someone sells a bag shortly after buying it. So let me give you an example. Um, you might use the expression and say something like this. Definitely follow her Poshmark closet because she has a big turnover rate. <laughs> And why do people do this? You know, I think it's because, first of all, we all know that one of the reasons why we love leather so much is that no two bags are alike, right? I mean, even if they're made by the same craftsman, each leather hide is so different that every leather bag is truly one of a kind, right? To that end, a lot of premium buyers take a risk and hope the batch that's running is going to be perfect for them. And if it's not, it's usually easier to sell on the used market, like Poshmark, eBay, Macari, or through a Facebook BST group, rather than deal with shipping charges to send it back. And I love buying bags from the used market because then you're guaranteed to know what the bag looks like. But it's a gamble because you never know what the bag is going to smell like, right? <laughs> One time I bought a used bag that ended up smelling like spaghetti sauce. I mean, it wasn't entirely off-putting. And I did notice that it subliminally caused me to serve manicotti that week. But spaghetti is just not what you want to think about when you're out shopping with your girlfriends, you know? So... Probably the person who owned it before me kept the bag in the kitchen and did spaghetti Saturdays or something. <laughs> I'm not hating on them, but let me know if you'd like me to do an episode about getting smells out of leather because seriously, I could talk about that for an entire episode. <laughs> My personal pick this week is Mom Life and Mayhem with Mia. <laughs> She's this young tattooed mama living in Texas who is just so down to earth. And when I watch her bag reviews on YouTube, I feel like she just welcomed me into her home and we're sitting down chatting about her new favorite bag. <laughs> it doesn't matter if her kids are playing in the background or if the washing machine is running, she's just glad I'm there and I couldn't be more happy to listen. <laughs> Go check her out, Mom Life and Mayhem with Mia. Okay, let's get into it, you guys. Let's talk about this controversial topic. And it is controversial because 
people have really strong opinions on this in the leather bag community and it divides us sometimes, right? So let's come together in the spirit of unity <laughs> and let's discuss this topic. And I'm coming to you not as an expert. I'm coming to you as a person who has questions and I need help deciding because I am undecided on this topic and I'm kind of like stuck not doing anything with my bags because of that indecision. So if any of you have experience or you're knowledgeable or you can convince me of something, I would love it. Please try because I'm tired of being in this spot of uncertainty. <laughs> so what I'm about to share with you is pretty much, you know, Lisa 101. I am not a leather expert by any means. I am just a fan. I love leather and I think constantly about leather. And in my spare time, I like to do research about leather. I really appreciate trying to figure out what's going on on the molecular level. And I know that not everybody has that interest. Um, sometimes if you're a craftsperson and you make the leather bags, you're not necessarily interested in longevity. You're just more of the creative element. You bring it to, to existence. Whereas then there's some of us who, you know, want to preserve our, you know, pieces of art as it were. Um, and then, I don't know, there's just different, then there's the, the makers of the products that condition and then, you know, they want us to use it. I don't know. There's just all different kinds of views on this, but please reach out to me at lisaloveslether at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Instagram at lisaloveslether. Um, so I guess I, I should preface this episode by saying, if you hear me say something incorrect or you disagree with me, please definitely let me know. Um, a lot of people will ask, you know, why do we have to be so concerned with leather care? And the reason is because leather is animal skin that is no longer alive. It can no longer repair itself from damage. It can no longer produce oils. And it's not attached to a body that can give it hydration of water, right? So I think it's important to remember that good skin needs oil and water. You need both. And, you know, we all want our bags to last for many, many years and be in great shape. And there's someone whose brain I wish I could really pick. Um, he lived a long time ago, a long, long time ago, <laughs> like thousands of years ago. <laughs> the oldest fossil that we ever found was a leather shoe. And, you know, conditions were just right. And if you keep your leather in those right conditions, it will last a lifetime and then some. I want to know what that guy did to his shoe that kept it around for thousands of years and archaeologists found it and were amazed at the good condition of that leather. What product did he use, you guys? No, I'm teasing. Of course it has to do with the soil and the conditions um, when that, you know, piece of leather went into the soil, but fascinating. Okay, so on my YouTube channel, I did talk about this before I also talk about um, you know ways to care for your bag and 
please, you know, definitely go over there to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lisa Goddard. Check those videos out if you're interested. There's just so much differing opinion on leather care out there that it has been hard for me to draw conclusions that I'm comfortable with and that I can defend. And um, I'm not just talking about average people who are discussing about leather care. I'm talking about leaders in the industry who vehemently disagree with one another. And that just makes it so much harder, I think, for everybody else to like know how to feel on this topic. So my philosophy right now, which is based on, you know, several years of casual research, and by that I mean, you know, me researching online maybe maybe two to four times a week is is the following. Um, I don't always research that often on this topic, but I have a lot. So keep in mind that I'm, I'm learning constantly. So my thoughts today could change and they will change if I learn some compelling information that, you know, truly changes my mind. Um, but for now, my philosophy on leather is basically this. Leather pores, they need to remain open so that they can breathe. And when they're open pores, I think, I think this means that water molecules can go in and possibly like suspend themselves within it and like possibly emulsify an oil molecule in there. I think that's kind of like the goal. Um, so that's one of my things that I've learned. The second thing I guess I've learned or how I would summarize my philosophy is the view I have right now is that you shouldn't put any leather care product on your leather unless it's extremely old, it's misshapen, or it's already in damaged condition. Again, I know a lot of you disagree with me on that and I'm super open to learning why. So please tell me. Mm. Sorry, I'm just sipping my hot tea here. The other part of my philosophy on leather care is that you should not expose your bag to extremes of heat, cold, or humidity. And I know not everybody agrees with me on that. I told you before that I don't take my bags out if it's less than 40 degrees, and I always carry a trash bag with me in case I'm caught in a rainstorm. I know I'm extreme. I also think we should all be storing our bags in cotton pillowcases if we can. Some sort of dust bag that's like, you know, a natural fiber, not plastic, um, because we want, you know, the leather to be able to breathe, but we don't want it to get dusty. Um, and we don't want to store them in an airtight kind of situation. We want to keep our leather bags in storage around 65 to 70 degrees. And I don't know if you know this, you guys, especially those of you who are accumulating stashes of bags. Bags should be removed from storage and aired out once every two weeks to prevent mold and bacteria growth. Don't forget to do that. And then also you want to keep your leather at 45 to 55 degrees humidity. And in the wintertime, sometimes it's hard to achieve that. So don't be afraid to pull out the cool mist um, vaporizer to get your uh, humidity levels up, right? <laughs> Before we go on, I wanna talk about uh, patina, okay? I think you know what it is, but let me just say, patina is that beautiful coating 
that forms on the surface of leather as the leather reacts to its environment. And leather is not the only thing that patinas. I don't know if you know this, but rocks patina, metals patina, gosh, even erasers patina. Um, if you find an old pencil, I know I have found some of my old pencils from my childhood and I've given them to my kids to use. The eraser doesn't work, right? Because there's patina on the outer surface. If you rub it really hard, you might get through that layer of patina and you might get down to a part of the eraser that actually does work. It depends how old it is and whether or not that oxidation process has gone through the entire eraser. But um, even wood can patina. And, um, you know, this is why copper roofs will turn green, um, you know, and it's just really interesting. And, and why wood, you know, it's lighter when you first cut it from the tree, right? But then it darkens over time. It's basically just, you know, oxygen exposure. Um, so let's talk about how color and size, you know, can change. And um, I'm going to get into the ingredients that I'm concerned about touching my bags in a little bit. But first, I just want to talk about the things that I cannot prevent my leather from touching. Okay, so oxygen, right? Oxygen is everywhere. So oxygen exposure causes that patina process and it causes leather to darken, I believe. If not, send me an email. <laughs> okay, next one, sun exposure causes leather to fade. Now, I could be wrong on this and some people told me I am wrong, that it's the opposite. I'm still struggling, you guys. I am. I think that when, you know, a natural leather darkens, I think it's from oxygen. I don't think it's from sun exposure. Um, I know I have been challenged on that. Margo, I know you're listening. And I remember, I remember what you told me about how some leather storage facility told you that they stored all their leather in darkness and I guess the pickers had to go in with like flashlights on their heads to just get what was needed and then to come out so that leather would stay darker for longer. So maybe I kind of agree, except I have also seen, I have seen with my own eyes, sun fade leather. And the example is I went into a leather shop one time and in the window, it was like an old kind of leather shop. And in the window, there were like some products hanging, coats and stuff that you could tell were there like for a super long time. And the sun truly faded them in a, in a not cool way. But anyway, okay, so let's talk about that later. But um, basically the combination of these processes, you know, in addition to exposure of whatever your bag touches, primarily probably your own skin, that is patina. And I suspect that one, when you have a good patina forming all over the leather, this coating is gonna prevent color change, you know, color transfer. So the dye in a dark bag is probably not going to, you know, rub off onto your white jeans if the bag has gone through that patina process. So your bag, not only is not going to have color transfer, I think, but it's also going to be less resistant to getting stains even from your dark denim. So if you have a lighter brown bag, but it's fully coated in patina, I don't think you have to worry as much 
about a new pair of dark denim jeans rubbing off onto it. Now, if your leather gets wet, the oils in the leather bind to the water molecules. And as the water dries and evaporates, it draws the oils out with it. And the leather's loss of natural oils causes it to lose its supple quality and turn brittle. So this really makes a strong argument for why we need to put the oils back in, right? I just, I struggle with some other ingredients. So we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, and then also just remember if your leather ever gets wet, you wanna always let it air dry instead of heating it up because any heat would cause it to shrink or misshape. It just changes those leather fibers. They all tighten up. So anyway, so in my spare time, I try to ask as many questions as I can to the experts about leather. And this one leather craftsman once told me that water won't harm leather. He said to me, leather is just skin and water doesn't hurt our skin. And I, I don't totally agree with him because there's a major difference between leather and our skin. You know, one is alive and one isn't, but that leather craftsman, you know, did bring up a good point. He said the stains we might get on our leather from water is not from the water per se, but rather it is from the water washing clean a spot on the bag and moving all the dust and particle debris to a different location. And that's why when the water droplet dries, we're left with the imprint or the image of it because the exterior perimeter of the droplet shape is where our, where all those um, particle debris collect. And um, that seems to be true. So I've even noticed that sometimes if you get a stain in your leather, you can almost get it out or move it by heating up the leather with your hand, just by rubbing your hand, um, you know, heating up the leather a little bit with your own hand temperature. Um, and if you kind of rub that stain in an outward direction in attempt to um, thin out the collection of dust at the perimeter of that stain, um, sometimes you can, you know, you can make that image go away. So if you don't mind patina or the occasional minor water droplet marks, I think one of the best ways you can keep your bag hydrated um, is maybe to carry it in a light rainstorm or or maybe I should say better at least where there's vapor <laughs> like a humid day right um, or a foggy day a foggy morning or something like that because I feel like that is going to keep those water molecules inside of your bag um, anyway I, I think it's worth considering in the winter time running a cool mist humidifier at night it's not only going to be good for you um, in terms of breathing but it's also going to be good for your bags now that's very different than saying oh i'm just going to take my bag into the bathroom when i take a shower because you know when i take a hot shower all this humidity goes into the air right because you have condensation on your bathroom mirror and I used to think, oh, if you put your bag in there, isn't that going to, um, you know, kind of hydrate my bag without water directly touching it necessarily? 
but um, that's actually not true because if you take a hot shower, those high temperatures are causing evaporation in that entire room and that can also cause evaporation from the water that's in the bag itself. So just remember the leather pores goal, I think is to breathe in wa water molecules and to hold on to natural oil molecules. Um, because like I said, evaporation of water from wet leather is gonna remove those natural oils. Okay, now I wanna talk about scratches for a moment. For some of my bags, I welcome scratches because it gives it you know, characteristics. It gives my bag a little more history. But for most of my bags, I guess I don't prefer scratches. And if my bag gets a scratch, the best treatment that I've found to give it is to simply hold my hand on the scratch, allow the heat of my hand and the oils of my hand to work their way into the leather and calm down those leather fibers that have been disturbed and are standing up. And there's usually one direction in which the fibers will stand up or flatten down. Probably has to do with the direction of that initial scratch. Um, but I find that that usually works wonders. I don't know how long I've done it, but it has worked wonders for me. I remember there was this one time where my daughter was probably two and she was reaching for something in my bag and she scratched it and it was um, like a medium brown bag and she scratched it in this bright blonde line just went you know across my bag and I was just horrified and I was so upset but I kept my cool because I was like she didn't mean it and I was running errands I had all different places I needed to go that day and all I could do was keep putting my warm hand on the bag where it was hurt I don't know why I did that it was like almost like how I perceived like if it was a boo-boo on my own body right I would like I don't know kind of like want to take care of it I don't know and by the end of that afternoon um the scratch was completely gone completely gone could not find it I remember coming home and getting my magnifying glass and looking closely because I knew there had been a big scratch that was so apparent just a few hours before so I got lucky it was a hot summer day and the oils from my skin just must have worked <laughs> <laughs> I call that bag like my magical bag because I don't know how that how that happened. Uh, I probably prayed some some prayers that day too. <laughs> All right, so now let's look closely at the controversial ingredients that can sometimes be in leather care products. And keep in mind that as we talk about these things, our copyright laws do not require makers to reveal their ingredient list. Those are considered proprietary, so they don't have to tell us what's in them. And these items are not regulated by the FDA, and that's another reason why we don't have to know what's in them. And as you think of products that you might use on your leather bags, I want you to remember that too much of anything will saturate the leather. Um, so in leather shoes, for example, if you saturate your leather shoes with too much product, it means that your leather is not gonna be able to absorb foot perspiration and keep your feet dry. So instead you will have cold, clammy feet. So there is really a, you know, a direct impact that can happen to your leather investment if you do the wrong thing with product. Okay, let's get into the actual ingredients now. 
Okay, let's talk about animal oils. Now, the negative I have heard about animal oils is that it could cause leather to go rancid. I've also heard that animal oils will quicken the oxidation process. The leather will go brittle and oils also attract dirt, which could leave your bag looking kind of dingy. So there's some negatives about that. And then under the category of animal oils, we have lanolin. Now that is an oil secreted by wool bearing animals, such as sheep, in order to slow water loss from the skin and it helps keep them warm. Um, so that falls under the category of animal oils. And so does mink oil. That's an oil made from the fatty underlayer of mink skins. Those are those little guys that kind of look like squirrels, right? <laughs> and even neat's feet oil, that is rendered from the shin bones of feet, of the feet of cattle. Okay, let's talk about animal fats. Okay, now that is also called tallow. That is beef fat, and that will decompose through oxidation rather quickly when it's exposed to air. In fact, animal fats like tallow um, are actually stored in plastic very tightly because again, as soon as that is exposed to air, it starts to decompose. So why would I wanna put that on my bag and have it start decomposing on my bag? You know what I mean? And then sometimes people say, oh, there's things right in your kitchen that you can use, um, you know, on your bag. Like, you know, oils that come from plants that bear things like coconuts, almonds, and olives. Um, coconut oil has antibacterial, antifungal, and antimicrobial properties, so that's cool. Olive oil is also antibacterial, and so is almond oil, actually. Yet some have said that food products can eventually lead to bacteria or mold buildup. So I feel like I'm getting conflicting messages in my research on that topic. Some people say to use vinegar, Ugh, yikes. Vinegar does have antibacterial properties. It is a strong cleaning agent, but it can dry out your leather. So that freaks me out. Um, some people have said, oh, you just have to mix two parts linseed oil for every one part vinegar and you'll have a good cleaning and conditioning solution. But I don't know, you guys, I don't know. <laughs> linseed oil is flaxseed oil or you know the oil from flaxseed. However, linseed oil is a drying oil. So I don't know. It, 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 I don't know, I'm just not sure. And then don't use butter, don't use mayonnaise. There are actually some people who have suggested butter and mayonnaise, but those things don't really absorb. It just, you're gonna make a mess. So now let's talk about waxes. <laughs> now waxes repel water, right? How does it do that? Well, it, you know, the wax clogs the pores by building up on the surface of the leather but this prevents the leather from breathing. Remember I said how that's important? The leather is then susceptible to rot or extreme dryness beneath the wax. So wax is difficult to remove once it's on the surface of the leather. It also changes the feel. You know, the leather will feel waxy or kind of like rubbery, and I'm not sure that I like that. 
So I'm going to tell you what certain things are so that you can look at your leather products if you have any at home and know what these things are. If you see the ingredient paraffin, that is a wax derived from petroleum, coal, or shale oil. Um, carn, carn abwa, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> this is a wax of a palm plant grown in Brazil. Now, beeswax, let's talk about beeswax for a moment. Beeswax is well liked by many, many, many. I found in all my research that there almost, almost was a <clears throat> collective kind of agreement consensus on beeswax being good. And that is because it looks like beeswax does not go bad and has been even recovered from, you know, like ancient shipwrecks that they, you know, they go down and they find artifacts and they bring them up. They've been able to actually heat up the beeswax that they have found in some artifacts that were under the sea. And the beeswax is still very good condition and usable. Now, over time, beeswax get gets what is called bloom. And it's a light powdery substance that will come out from within the wax. It's not mold and it can be simply buffed off or left on really for a nice um, patina if you want. Um, you know, my kids actually have wax highlighters that we use. I love wax highlighters. If you don't know what a wax highlighter is, search for it on Amazon. They are so cool. They glide over the paper. They don't make your paper wet. They don't go through to the other side. They're just really, really nice. But if you go a long time without using your wax highlighter, like a couple months, you can have bloom, which is, it kind of looks like these crystals, these white crystals come out of it. And um, bloom can happen to beeswax as well. So um, I think the reason why people like beeswax is because it apparently stays on the outer surface of the leather and it won't penetrate into the pores. And when you mix it with other things, beeswax will release oils into the leather only when it is most needed, either when it's too hot or when the leather is bent too often. And beeswax also has antibacterial properties. So I kind of see, I can, I can see why people like that. So I guess I would use beeswax maybe on an old bag where the corners are, you know, scuffed and you know, the outer layer of the leather is kind of absent anyway because of how much scuffing has happened, then maybe I would put some beeswax on there um, to give it, you know, another layer of protection. Let's talk about petroleum compounds like Vaseline or petroleum uh, distillate. Those things also will cause rotting eventually. I've heard a lot of people opposed to those, even though some brands love it and you know, are putting it in all of their products. And then sometimes you'll see um, synthetic compounds like silicone um, inside products for leather bags. But again, I've, I've also read a lot of things opposed to silicone. And then if you see any kind of solvent, that is typically a liquid substance that dissolves something else. And a lot of times solvents are in these products. 
Now, of course, we don't want toxins or harmful chemicals in any kind of product that we use on our bags because you are going to be touching those bags regularly. So you wanna make sure that there's no toxins or, or harmful chemicals. And then um, the other terms you might see on the ingredient list, again, if you see an ingredient list, it is proprietary. So makers of these products do not have to tell us what's in them. But if you, if you hear about grease, this is kind of like an umbrella ter term. Grease is a semi-solid lubricant that typically consists of soap emulsified with mineral oil or vegetable oil. And again, some experts in the field say you can use grease to treat your bags and others say, oh my gosh, no way. <laughs> um, saddle soap, you've probably heard of that. That is another umbrella term and that contains soap, lanolin, and beeswax. So, I don't know. Now this is kind of gross, you guys, but let me, let me tell you <laughs> something. I wonder sometimes if the very stuff that my own skin produces to keep my skin hydrated and hopefully soft and supple, you know, that stuff that like oozes out of our foreheads, right? That makes us have to wash our faces. That really is nature's way of hydrating and moisturizing our alive skin in order that it may, you know, stay youthful and have less wrinkles. Right? Some people say that the reason why you get wrinkles when you're older is because you know, your oil glands aren't producing as much. Um, you need to drink more water and all that. So I don't know, like, <laughs> would it make sense to you know, rub our foreheads with latex gloves and then rub the gloves onto our leather bags? I don't know. <laughs> I just, um, I do worry about the salt content, of course, there because salt will always dry out leather. So since we really can't harness whatever good is coming out of our foreheads, <laughs> what's the next best, you know, thing really? Um, I don't know. You know, unfortunately, like I said, the makers of leather care products, they don't have to reveal their ingredient list and they're not regulated by the FDA, FDA either. So um, I guess the best we can do is to use a product that um, can explain what is in the product and why it is good. Um, so anyway, just to repeat, my philosophy again is leather pores need to remain open so that they can breathe. When they're open pores, they can hold a water molecule and an oil molecule. I think that is the goal of leather. So we wanna to try to avoid leather products when possible, but if your bag is getting old or it is misshapen or it's damaged somehow, um, then that's probably why we want to apply the products. So please send me your comments. Tell me what products I need to discover. Convince me why I need to start putting stuff on my bags because I don't want my hesitation here to prevent me from treating my bags and then you know, having all my bags become brittle at the same time and, and, and me just be like so sad. So <laughs> I hope I will hear from you with some advice on what I should do. And I hope I can make up my mind. <laughs>
it's time for your handbag homework, or for you gentlemen, your bag business. Now, this week's homework assignment is optional. It's optional. <laughs> uh, go treat one of your bags with product, if you dare, <laughs> and tell me what you used uh, so that I can learn from you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Pebbled Leather Podcast. I hope you enjoyed my little rant of uncertainty. <laughs> Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Lisa Loves Leather. Watch my bag reviews at youtube.com slash Lisa Goddard. We'll see you on Wednesday for our next episode. And in the meantime, spread the word and tell your friends. And until then, keep loving that leather bag. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>